I think that people need to see the world. Every time I go to a new, a new place in the world, my life is enriched in a number of different ways. Oftentimes it will open their eyes and, and sometimes it can make people less close-minded. At the core of every effective personal injury attorney are strong values of empathy and justice. I think that if we all had a better understanding of the rest of the world, maybe we would be a little bit more tolerant and kind to each other. According to a recent survey, only 19% of managing partners in U.S. law firms are female. We would like to see that change. Hello, and welcome to LawHer, the show where we celebrate the trailblazing attorneys and entrepreneurs who are changing the game for women in the legal field. Be inspired by their stories, learn from their mistakes, and look forward to the future they're helping build for the next generation of women in law. I am Sonia Palmer, your host and VP of Operations at Rankings, where we help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first page rankings with SEO. This is LawHer. Lauren Wood is a personal injury powerhouse. Named a Southern California Super Lawyers Rising Star four years in a row, Lauren has obtained hundreds of six and seven figure verdicts and settlements for her clients. A former partner at Shermer and Wood and current senior attorney at Omega Law Group Injury and Accident Attorneys, she is a board member of the Ventura County Bar Association, Western Trial Lawyers Association, and Los Angeles Trial Lawyers Charities. When Lauren is not advocating for her clients, she is traveling the globe, gaining human lessons on understanding, compassion, and empathy. I spoke with Lauren about discovering passion through experience, creating supportive spaces for female lawyers, and recharging to stay at the top of her game. Let's dive in. I wish I had one of these really inspirational stories about how someone changed my life. I, I got to be real with you. I don't really have one of those stories. <laughs> After going through college, undergrad, and sort of not really knowing where to go, it seemed to make the most sense. So I went to law school. And then it wasn't really until after I became a lawyer that I knew it was really where I was supposed to be. You know, it just clicked and went, oh, okay. So I did take the right path. And you went to Golden Gate University in San Francisco? I did. I was in Santa Barbara, UC Santa Barbara undergrad, and then went back up to Northern California for law school at Golden Gate and then moved back down to Santa Barbara. Um, and my first job out of law school was in that area. Nice. What was law school like for you? Actually, not great. I was not one of the people who, who loved the process, uh, which is sort of funny, too, how I ended up, especially ended up as a trial lawyer, because I certainly never thought that that's what I wanted to do. I was not on like a mock trial team or anything like that. It wasn't my path, so to speak, until I ended up in personal injury law and actually became a trial lawyer. That was sort of when it clicked. And I went, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I love doing this. Interesting. So would you have done anything different? Like while you were at school, were there any lessons you learned? Something a mentor said that kind of stuck? The path was really dictated by some of the firms I clerked with. I don't want to disparage any types of law, uh, but I started off at a big defense firm thinking that was um, clerking, of course. And, you know, I thought that's that was where I wanted to be. It seemed the most glamorous. And then I also clerked at a personal injury firm. And it, it wasn't until later in my career when I developed a, a better understanding of what that entails that I really went, oh, 
I don't want to be a civil defense lawyer. Like, I don't want to bill hours. Who wants to do that? You mean I can make more money doing personal injury and be in trial and change clients' lives and not have to bill? That's where I want to be. <laughs> so um, I think I just lucked into it, to be honest. I wasn't well informed as a law student. I didn't have, you know, I don't have any family that are lawyers. I don't even think I had any friends that I knew really in the field. And so I was just sort of going in blind. And it wasn't until after I started practicing that I started to gain a better understanding of the different positions. As a personal injury lawyer, you deal with wrongful death cases quite a bit too, right? Yes. Are there any that stand out to you that you saw like as big successes? Yeah, it actually wasn't one that I personally worked on, but just before joining the firm that I used to be a partner at, uh, Shermer and Wood, uh, back when it was Shermer and Drain and I joined as an associate, they had just settled this case involving uh, the family of um, a young girl who had drowned at a local lake. And I heard war story after war story about the case, you know, obviously, um, because it was against the lake county, the liability theories were very difficult, but ultimately it was a very good result. And what sticks out is this family ended up uh, moving back to Mexico and they purchased a plot of land and a beautiful home and, and basically a ranch. And then years later, my partner and I went to visit them in Mexico and see what they were able to do with their lives as a result of the resolution that the firm was able to get them. And so even though I wasn't personally involved in the litigation, it was before my time, I, I got to experience going to Mexico, stayed with the family at their home. I shared a bed with one of the wow. little girls because it was a very small home, but it was one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had in, in my career or my life. That's really neat. We work with personal injury lawyers and get to hear about cases and stuff like that all the time, but that you were able to actually like witness after the result, you know, and like get to see exactly the impact that something like that has. So that's really, really neat. I like that. And you recently joined Omega Law Group after 10 years, your last firm. So what inspired that transition? I love Loved my prior firm, still love my old partner, Earl. We are still very dear friends and thankfully um, we will remain good friends. Most of my professional connections are actually in Southern California, mostly LA. A lot of the bigger firms are in LA and just professionally, I think I hit a little bit of a ceiling up here in Ventura County and wanted some better opportunities based on the connections I, I have. Lauren is blending her passions and creating something entirely new across two male-dominated industries, travel and law. Founder of the first ever Women in Trial Travel Summit, Lauren is designing supportive and intimate experiences that combine continuing legal education with travel destinations. The summit is an extension of her initial passion project, Travel is the Cure, a blog where she shares her insights and guides. I wanted to know more about the inspiration behind that name. The, the name of the blog stemmed from a tattoo that I have on, on my arm. And obviously travel is the cure is a shortened version of what's on my arm. And that is a much shortened version of the well-known quote by Mark Twain. Traveling is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. And many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. 
broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all of one's lifetime. But I, I mean, it's it's true. It's something that I believe in very much. I think that people need to see the world. Every time I go to a new, a new place in the world, my life is enriched in a number of different ways. It, oftentimes it will open their eyes and, and sometimes it can make people less close-minded. I think that if we all had a better understanding of the rest of the world, maybe we would mm. be a little bit more tolerant and kind to each other. I completely agree with you. I was lucky enough to grow up in a family that liked to travel, but uh, growing up in like a small town, you go and you see that different people are living differently and it, it really does open your eyes. What are some of your favorite places that you've been? Oh, the Maldives. It's indescribable. I, there is something also about the fact that it's so far away and you feel like you're literally mm-hmm. on the other side of the planet because you are um, and out in the middle of nowhere because you are. That is just so appealing to me. I love Bali. I do. There's just a feeling when I'm there, you know, the, the combination of the incense and the sounds and it's just like my blood pressure lowers. I'm more calm and relaxed. I love it. Hong Kong has always been a favorite city of mine. And in fact, one that I find that I miss the most post pandemic because they have been absolutely closed, but definitely Hong Kong is up there. And I love Italy. It's a place that I have been to many, many times and continue to want to go back, even though they're, you know, my, my philosophy on travel is to go to new places. Those four are really the ones that I constantly find, find myself wanting to go back to over and over and over again. Oh, and Curacao. I love Curacao. Totally random, tiny little island in the Dutch ABCs. It's sort of what I would imagine the Caribbean was like many years ago before a lot of these other places blew up. And so I love Curacao too. Love that. We we took my mom to Italy for her 60th birthday uh, oh. a while ago and, okay. and did a Mulfi Coast and all of that. And there's just nothing quite like it. So yeah. I love that. The food and the people and... Yeah. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> when yeah. I think, when I look back, I, I remember the cappuccinos. Like that's what I remember. <laughs> Do you see your career as a lawyer and then this travel blog as sort of separate or do you feel like they intersect? I used to feel like they were very separate Um, and it wasn't until I sort of combined the two platforms, my travel blog and my love for travel and my professional connections as a women lawyer in deciding to host this conference that i for the first time, I felt like maybe they overlapped a little bit. But before then, I definitely always felt like there were two sides of my life um, that, I mean, I always felt, almost felt like two people. If you look at my blog and then you, you know, I think a lot of people who know me professionally are like, oh my gosh, you have a blog and they do seem very different or they did. So this April, you're hosting the first Women in Trial Travel Summit in Punta Mita, Mexico. What drew you to kind of create this space for women and law to come together? I think it was just combining my two passions. I love being a trial lawyer, but I also just, I mean, I love travel and I love the the blog aspect of it too. And so it was really, the thought process was to combine those two things. I actually did a small group trip to Bali in March of 2020 
And because of just my professional connections and you know my, my friend base, a lot of them are women lawyers and nearly all of the people who signed up for this small group trip, there were 10 plus me, so 11 total, were all women lawyers. And it's just from there, it sort of spiraled out of control. We Then we decided to get it certified for MCLE credit. And it actually wasn't until after the event that I got the word from the state bar that they had approved it. And so then I thought, hmm, well, if I can get MCLE approval for an 11-person group in Bali, I'm sure I could put together an actual conference and get it certified for MCLE, hopefully not on wood. And then it, like everything else, it just sort of builds on itself. And so that was the impetus is a much larger endeavor, obviously. But the thought of getting a group of women lawyers in a beautiful place like Mexico, where we can learn from one another and also just enjoy some time away from the office, I, that, that to me is such a wonderful thing. As I've been talking to other women lawyers, one of the themes that has come up has been creating a support system. And so I think this is a, like, this is a perfect opportunity and place to do just that so that you have a place where you can create that system to help support you to go back out into the world. I I think it's really special. Thank you. And we don't have anything like this. I started talking about the idea right around last summer and spoke to a few of my colleagues and everyone instantly was like, oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. We don't have anything like that. Yes, I'm in. And then I, I sent out speaker invites by email and all of the slots filled up in a week. And I went, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is amazing. And so I think that the overwhelmingly positive response is, is mostly because we don't have anything like this for us, right? Um, there are plenty of events that feel very much like the boys club still, just because the legal field is a little bit of a boys club. And so I wanted to create an environment that was for women. And like you said, I think that it, having that like safe space is, is really important. Yeah, I think it's definitely time to sort of shine a light and spotlight. Is there any like particular part of it that you're really excited about or something you're really looking forward to? Anxious about it, to be honest. <laughs> it's a lot of stress. And I just want to make sure that everything runs smoothly. I know that it won't. Currently, I'm focused on making sure it doesn't fail. But of course, the exciting thing to look forward to is just getting everyone together. I look forward to seeing some of the faces I I know and some that I don't and and getting to know um, new people. There are a lot of people who are registered who I don't know, which is lovely and Mm. really exciting. So I look forward to meeting all of them as well. So yeah, I think that's, that's probably what I'm looking forward to the most. I love that Lauren is bravely creating a safe, joyful, and educational space for female attorneys. I asked Lauren which female trailblazers young lawyers should be following. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, Not to brag, but a lot of them are speaking at my conference. (laughs) They are. (laughs) You got a good lineup. (laughs) Yeah, there have been women in in my career that I have looked up to, I don't want to run the risk of leaving anyone out because there are so, so, so many, but um, people like 
Jeannie Harrison and Ebiere Sec, Debbie Chang, Candace Klein, Amy Kirby, Lourdes, Krista Ramey. There are just too many to list. Um, they have all been so supportive of me and my career from the beginning. And several of them are the reason I even know the people in, in the area that I do. And so I owe tremendous gratitude to all of them. And I just, I'm so excited to see them speak at the event. Another lovely part of the event is it's intentionally small. We are capping the attendance. And so it's not going to be one of these events where you can't keep up and you meet, you know, a thousand people in a day. There are multiple events over multiple days and it's small enough to where you should be able to meet everyone and speak to everyone face to face and get to know the speakers better. Um, which is a, a huge benefit to young lawyers in particular. And in order to serve the community and support one another, we must care for ourselves first. I wanted to know what Lauren does to rest and to recharge. For an extended period of time, it's obviously jetting away somewhere and, and being someplace <laughs> far, far away. <laughs> uh, but on a, on a more regular basis, that is, I mean, it's going to sound really boring, but my routine in the evenings is I, as soon as I get home from work, I take off my suit because I have two dogs and a cat and a baby. So that's the first thing I do. I get into sweats, take my makeup off. And then my husband usually cooks dinner and we watch Jeopardy together every night at seven. And that's how I decompress. I try not to look at my phone. I try not to respond mm -hmm. to any emails and just wind down after the day. Nice. You think your baby will catch the travel bug early? Oh, yes. He's coming to the conference. He already has oh, a passport. Yes. <laughs> um, he'll be there. So that will be his first international trip. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. He, he won't have much of a choice, at least for the beginning part of his life. I got one more. Is there anything in the legal industry that you would change? I think that women lawyers need to be paid more. I think that they need to be paid with their worth. I don't care how many firms tell you that there isn't a pay gap. There is. And that's one of the things that needs to change. I love that Lauren saw an opportunity to blend her passions and create a thriving community in the process. Her experience is a reminder that women in law don't just need a seat at the table. Sometimes we have to create our own one that caters to our unique needs and offers support for other women in the field. One more huge thanks to Lauren Wood for joining me on the show today. You have been listening to Law Her with me, Sonia Palmer. If you found this content insightful, inspiring, or just made you smile, please share this episode with the trailblazer in your life. For more about Lauren Wood, check out our show notes. And while you're there, please leave us a review or a five-star rating. It really goes a long way for others to discover the show. And I'll see you next week on Lawher, where we'll shed light on how another of the brightest and boldest women in the legal industry climbed to the top of their field. Mm -hmm.